When we work with our clients, the first contact starts when we get into contact somehow. Maybe when they read our advertisements, maybe when they meet us, they are various different kinds. Then at some point we have contact with them and we build our relationship with our clients across various stages. And all these stages have a certain impact on how the session works, how the trance work works and how successful we are with our clients. And this is the topic that we are going to talk about today. My name is Axel Hombach. I'm a hypnotist and trainer for self-hypnosis in Cologne, Germany. I'm currently here in London with Dr. John Butler, the director of the HTI, the Hypnotherapy Training International. Hello, John. Hello, Axel. So we had a great opportunity. I revisited your first course in a series of four courses last week and we thought about that is a great opportunity to do some more podcasts of our Hypnotalks question and answer series. And what I just said as an introduction that was also now and then a topic of questions that arose in the class last week and that you probably also know from other classes. How exactly is the dramaturgy of the work with our client? If you come from a consulting background, you probably talk about the life cycle of your work with your client. Mm -hmm. Or you would probably say as a hypnotherapist, the hypnotic process that you go through with your client, that yes. you help your client through. And as I said in the short introduction, it starts probably somewhere when the client reads our advertisement or reads or hears something about us. From your point of view, from your about mm. 40 years of experience, what would you say is the beginning of the process with our clients and what are the steps that are involved in our work with our clients? Sure. Well, as you say, I'm not doing this in an exact detailed breakdown of uh, every step. Let's say there are several main steps and stages involved, which is vital to optimize to maximize your success with the client. Now, when we look at the initial contact, as you've said, it may be by phone, email, text, you have initially to get their attention, to sell yourself and your therapy to them, to explain, maybe giving information about whatever question they have, to respond to that, how much it's going to cost, uh, and so on. Uh, how many sessions will it take, and can hypnosis help with this or that? So we have an important job to do there of giving accurate, truthful, useful information for the client. And so if you do have that information and you make sure you represent your therapy well to them, you're selling it to them and you're already starting to build a therapeutic relationship of trust and helping them even then begin to understand something about the issues and what hypnotherapy is and how it works for them. So you spend a little bit of time with that and then they come along for an interview. And there's a very big important stage in the therapeutic process. And I won't go into too much detail about it other than to say... Yeah, because we're having more podcasts on absolutely. the steps. But just to throw out a few key points, you're there to start building the therapeutic relationship, the therapeutic environment where revelation can occur. The therapeutic process really begins then as they trust you and that you, if you're a good therapist, understand the therapeutic traits that are so relevant for building a therapeutic relationship with the client because it's a very personal, special kind of relationship. 
Now you've got a lot of work to do on asking questions, giving information, all the various kinds of questioning you have to learn about to be a good interviewer. That's often glossed over in sort of superficial trainings. Uh, so elicitation techniques, observational listening skills are highly developed. So from that you're starting to find out what the reality of the depth of the problem is, underlying emotion, particularly the primary underlying emotion, which will help us to find the primary fixed ideas that are causing problems. And as we're setting goals within that interview phase, well then one has to understand really how to do those well. So again, proper training is vital. It can't be just glossed over. We have at that point then to begin to move on into preparation of the client, explaining about hypnosis, what's often called the pre-talk, dispelling myths and misconceptions largely by giving very accurate, precise information scientifically based and all the rest of it. So there's a great clarity of the client about what to expect. And we're dispelling fears, which are very common about hypnosis. From that, we'll quickly move into then suggestibility testing, induction phase. And we're not going to get into all that at the moment. Induction will help us then to get into the programming phase. Of course, the client may begin to reveal powerful emotion along the way. And maybe we're going to go into regression and analytical work. There was deep analytical hypnotherapy with all the different stages that that entails, which all need to be understood and done well for maximum success, maximum long-term success, I stress. So, well, we'll put that aside for the moment. In the most common, simpler problems, the pro programming may be enough. And that programming is a complete art and science of its own. And as we do that very well, the client will get benefits. They'll have a recording usually to take away, or that's given as a generic recording separately from what you've just been programming them with. It depends what you're planning with them, what the goal is, the level of the problem they have at the moment, and also as part of the homework that they're going to take away from you to develop the trance, to develop the programming inside their own subconscious mind. And then they'll be bringing the session properly to an end dehypnotizing, transtermination, and then the post-hypnotic interview, which is very, very important. And that will include uh, often that clarification of the homework, making sure the client understands what's involved, what the therapeutic relationship involves, of responsibility taking, of self-empowerment, self-growth, all of those very important parts of the therapy. So that's just a quick overview of the therapeutic process, the therapeutic journey. And But that pre-talk and interviewing stage require special depth of clarity and work. We will need to discuss that separately here because it is such an important stage and it's often glossed over. But if you don't know what the problem is, if you haven't built a relationship, the therapy will be either very superficial, so the client doesn't get the benefits they could, and or, or may not come back. So you've lost the client, you've lost your investment of time and energy and money in your practice. So properly understanding each stage of the therapy axle is vital. And that is exactly what we are going into in the follow-up podcasts, that we are going into more detail of the various stages of the therapeutic journey, or depending, of course, where you work, in which country, and the legislation and the law there is, it's also possible at the coaching process with hypnosis. Absolutely. I think to be an effective hypnotic coach, hypno-coach, or whatever way one is describing one's work, it is absolutely vital to understand all the things that I've just mentioned. Yeah. Because they can come up regardless. 
the hypnotic journey is in these broad steps that you mentioned exactly the same no matter if you are working therapeutically or as a coach. The dramaturgy is very similar and the very steps. It just depends on in which detail you go and if you work therapeutically or as a coach. Completely. When you're using hypnosis, you're using a very powerful tool which is known for its ability to penetrate and lower the psychic defenses. That can bring up material, which is of course so important for us to have from the client, it may bring up an reaction. And that can happen in psychotherapy, in coaching even without hypnosis. The client may begin to reveal emotion about their problem, about their history, because it's an intimate situation and they're looking at their goals and the history maybe of self-sabotage, of not achieving those goals. Powerful emotion can be generated in any intimate setting. And if the therapist doesn't understand that or the coach doesn't understand it, then therapy or coaching is not being properly conducted. But that is something that we are going into in further podcasts where you reveal some ideas, some techniques, how to deal with that. Absolutely. And remember, if the coach is not qualified or within the country uh, where they're working, allowed to work with deeper material, well, they still have to deal with the reaction that's taking place. That is covered as well. We'll deal with that separately. So our next interviews will be about the first stage, which we decided is all the steps up to the hypnotic induction. Yes. Then after that, we have a podcast about the induction and the programming phase in case you work with programming and suggestions and not analytically. Then the third follow-up interview is about what you do when you work analytically and how you close the analytical work. And then as the last interview in our mini-series, it's what you do to help your client out of the trance and then how you close the hypnotic journey. And of course, when you close the hypnotic journey, in that case, it's how you close the sessions. It's not yes. necessarily the only session that you have. Well, absolutely. Bring the session to a conclusion. As we say, closure, closure, closure. This is the importance of Gestalt therapy for that. And it's not the only therapy, of course, that deals with this. Clients need to bring that session properly to a conclusion. So whatever was revealed, and even if it was very, very unplanned, this abreaction that occurred, they must leave with a good feeling that they know what to do about it. Uh, they need to know that that's not something terrible that therapy does to you every time, that that's what came up is not produced by the therapy session itself. It's in them and the therapy session has allowed it to be released. Because in this case, we weren't deliberately seeking that material. So whichever, whether you're working with purely analytical or you are working with the, uh, from the beginning, or you were working with programming, you must bring the session properly to a conclusion and setting the whole, clarifying the homework, making sure you get the full agreement, as I said earlier about that responsibility taking in therapy, which is so empowering for the client, but requires a therapist to know how to do that. That closure then will bring the session properly to an end and allow the client to feel positive about coming back for the next session because it's all about building positive expectation and creative use of the imagination, understanding your material and all the rest of it. But without the positive, confident belief in the therapy and the therapy process, they may not come back at all. So you've wasted a lot of their time in your own time. And so that's to be avoided and usually can be avoided very easily when you know what to do 
why you're doing it because you've been well trained. Thank you very much, John. And now let's go to the follow-up podcasts. Thank you, Axel. And thanks to our listeners. And to all of our listeners, if you have liked this episode, please give us a like, a friendly comment, subscribe to our channels and share this episode via email and on social media. And make sure to follow up with the next episodes. Please check out our homepages. You'll find them linked on the homepage of this podcast. With that said, I'm Axel Hombach, online with Dr. John Butler. Have a great time. Until next time.